what these young bloods have to understand. This game has always been and will always be about buckets. Grab that and put it under your Christmas tree. Blame it on Christmas. Why am I out of control? We just saw men fall. Give me forgiveness for what's about to unfold. Oh, oh, I see you. Because <laughs> I just can't keep my Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Christmas Day NBA Best Bets episode. The biggest NBA regular season betting day of the season is here, and we are glad that you've chosen to share it with us to get insights on how to bet a great slate in the NBA on Christmas as you're enjoying the holiday. A reminder that everything that we talk about on today's episode can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in, and find all sorts of great information. You get our daily show, Green Dot Daily, which sets your betting agenda. You can find all of our great podcasts, whether you're looking for bowl season with big bets on campus, college basketball with big bets on campus, the NFL, the Action Network podcast, or the favorites. If you want to check out Line Change for the NHL, so many great podcasts. You can find them all in the award-winning Action Network app. Glad to have you with us. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to introduce our panel for the day, and we'll get some best bets for the Christmas slate. All right, we got a roundtable. It is Christmas time. It is the holidays, and we have a very merry roundtable of NBA bettors to break down the Christmas Day slate with you. I am extremely excited to be joined by Joe Delera, Action Network NBA writer. Jay Money, you can find him on Twitter, at jmoneyismoney, contributor for Buckets. Sean Little at Chicago Flow on Twitter and the Action Network app from MSG Networks. Buckets regulars. Usually I only get to talk to two of them. I got all three of them here, and we're going to give you some best bets for the Christmas slate. We're going to go around the table, and we're going to list the best bets just like we normally do. So you've got, you can hear them at the top, and then we'll go back and we'll interrogate those picks and break them down in detail. Uh, Joe Delera is most cautious and worried about his, so I'm not going to start with him. I'm going to give him a few more minutes to sweat over what his picks are going to be. <laughs> uh, let's start with Jay Money. Jay Give me your best bets for this great Christmas Day slate. Yes, sir. I have two of them here, man. I'll be on the Celtics minus the four and the Nuggets money line minus 136. All right. Sean Little, what do you got for me? I'm going to bite Dallas Mavericks minus seven and a half at the crib, as Jay Money likes to say. Okay. All right. Joe Delera, it's time. You got to let me know. All right. Well, I am on the Memphis Grizzlies minus four and a half and the Denver Nuggets minus two and a half. All right. Uh, my slate for the Christmas slate, which you're going to notice, I have some disagreements with these fellas. Uh, and you can find my breakdown in the Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks, if I haven't already said that. Uh, Nick Sixers over 219 and a half. I'm bucking the under trend in the early games. Uh, I'm going to take Lakers plus seven and a half. May God help me. Celtics <laughs> minus four. I'm with Jay. May God help me even more. I'm taking more. the Warriors plus four. And then I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns plus two and a half. 
versus the Nuggets. I have three dogs and over and a favorite here. We'll break down the reasons why for all these picks. I think we've got most of these games covered. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Sean. We'll start with Sean this time. So, Sean, give me the cap on what you like in these games. Yeah, Mavericks minus seven and a half here against the Lakers. Lakers are just a bad squad on the road, one and five in their last six. If you remember, they opened the season with six straight road losses as well. They they had a little win streak in the middle, but guess who was back when they had the win streak? Anthony Davis, he's no longer around. The Mavericks, 12 and five overall at home, wins against Memphis, Denver, the Nets. So some good squads in there. They're just also a different team at home, back at the crib, Luca and the guys get down. Interesting thing is Christian Wood averages less points at home. He's a lot more involved on the road, but I, I think it's just more balanced overall for Luca and the guys in Dallas. I'm going to get to my favorite spot of the cap here at the end, but let's let's look at some of these numbers here. Lakers have come down to earth a little bit on the defensive end. Without Anthony Davis, we know that he's gone 17th overall in defensive rating and 25th in second chance points allowed at 14.6 a game. That's never good when you're going on the road. My favorite piece of this cap, the travel spot. They had two straight road games in Phoenix and Sacramento. Then they, they play the Hornets on Friday. They have Saturday is Christmas Eve. They get to be at home, hang out with their family, do their Christmas Eve activities. Then they have to go to Dallas for a 1.30 local start, play that game, and in L.A., that'd be 11.30. So it's super early for those guys. They're not used to playing that early game for a team that already plays bad on the road versus a team in Dallas that plays really well at home. I like that travel spot, and I think overall the Mavericks are just a better overall team right now playing better. And we've seen the Lakers squad without Anthony Davis. It's not very good. All right. The the travel spot has got me shaking in my boots. I'm quaking a little bit on this Lakers plus seven. I'm I'm that that hurts when you've laid out like this for Christmas Eve, and then you gotta go, and then you get an early start. This is all not not great. That's true. Here's my problem. All right. You mentioned that the Mavericks are 12 and five this season straight up. I noticed that you did not mention they're against the spread record, Sean. Do you know what they're against the spread record is at home this season? I, I don't know it exactly off the top of my head, but I know they haven't been covering the number too well overall this season. But this no, is their they first have matchup not, against sir. the Lakers. The they first are... matchup against the Lakers, though. Well, uh, 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 that's why. This is why. Uh, overall, the Mavericks are 5, 10, and 2, 33% against the spread at home this season. Ew. But it's it's the Lakers. I got you on this one. Versus teams under 500 at home. 0 4 and 1 against the spread at home and overall this season. Overall this season versus teams under 500 at the time of the matchup, 5 and 9, 3 10 and 1 against the spread. So the reason I like this, okay? Matchup numbers have this favored a little bit in favor of, of the Lakers. That's not rare for how my matchup numbers work. It's got a very low floor for some of these teams that are horrible. Um, power rating has Mavericks, has Mavericks with an edge, but that's counterbalanced by who the Mavericks perform against. They are not just bad versus these bad teams. They lose outright. They're five and nine straight up versus teams that were under 500 at the time of the matchup, and over the course of the season, they're even worse. They are awful versus these bad teams. I know it's a marquee spot. I know it's LeBron and the Lakers, and that's got to factor in here, but seven points is a lot for me for a Mavericks team I do not trust at all to get this done versus the Lakers. 
You got any, any rebuttals there for me? Yeah, really quick. I would say that if this number was minus four, minus five, it would worry me a lot more than seven and a half minus mm-hmm. or seven and a half to eight, right? I think that all that stuff has been factored in and they're still saying, hey, in this marquee spot, in this travel spot, when I when I was going through the stuff and I saw that travel situation, I thought that was very interesting. There, there's no Dallas Mavericks first half lineup yet. I would take a peek at that when it comes out as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I think all this stuff is factored in. Now, now if I looked at this number, and it was Mavericks minus three and a half, then it's almost like I'm looking at the Lakers money line in a, in a mm-hmm. spot like that. Cause LeBron on, on the road has also been going crazy. 28 points per game, nine boards, six and a half assists. And it's a big Christmas marquee spot. So we know the King is going to show up. You know, he blocks out. The, the, did you guys see the Instagram post where he blocked out awesome. the S on the Kings? That was <laughs> great, right. by the way. Shout out That's LeBron. So LeBron. Yeah. Shout out LeBron for that. So that was my rebuttal. I think, I think all that stuff has been factored in. Everyone knows how bad they've been uh, against the number all year, how bad they've been on the road. They've been a bit, they've been better in Dallas. I think all that stuff's factored in. If this number was shorter. I'd be a lot more worried. I think seven and a half is telling me this is going to be a 10, 10, 11 point game for the Mavericks. Uh, Joe notes in our chat, the Mavs only have five wins of 10 plus points this season. By the way, when they are favored by more than six and a half points, the Mavericks are one, five and one against the spread. So we'll see how this one comes out. I think I'm going to be on Lakers money line um, as well, because <laughs> why not go the full way? We'll come back to your other pick. I want to move on to, uh, to to Jay's first pick. Jay, give me your first pick uh, for the Christmas slate. Yeah, give me the Celtics here, man. Uh, we're rocking with the home team on Christmas here. They match up really well versus the Bucks. Now, I know I love playoff revenge spots. The Bucks do have playoff revenge, but I don't care. I think that the Celtics uh, were owned by the Bucks for so long. Now it's time for the Celtics to own them. They have been playing uh, – they had been playing well the past few games, um, but 7-2-1 and one against the spread last 10 meetings versus the Bucks. Um, this is a focus spot as well, step-up spot. They have Christmas Day revenge as well. They lost last year on Christmas Day to this same Milwaukee Bucks team on the road, though, in Milwaukee, uh, 117-113. This is their fifth straight home game, so the rhythm should be on point. Uh, Bucks are all over the place, guys. Look at this. 14th straight game in a, in a different arena. This is their fourth straight road game, 10th road game out of their last 14 games. And also, the Bucks have not been covering spreads on the road. They're only 1-4-1 against the spread last six road games and 1-3 against the spread this year as a dog. Give me the Celtics here, minus four versus the Bucks. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I like this one. Um, so the Celtics have absolutely fallen apart since the West Coast road trip, which, you know, we'll see kind of if they can stabilize, right? They get absolutely just manhandled by the Warriors. They get stomped by the Clippers. They have to come back after blowing a 20-point lead to the Lakers. They win in overtime after Anthony Davis misses free throws. They lose twice to the Magic and then to the Pacers. So if anything, we're kind of getting a little bit of a buy-low spot here with it being Celtics minus four, at home when the Celtics have been the best team in the league over the first, you know, two and a half months of the season. Um, I think it's a little bit of a buy low spot. Now, usually I'd be worried about this because the bucks are dominant. I found this stat and I really like it. Uh, this trend is, is important to me since 2019, 20. And this is basically, I've started looking at the bucks from two different samples, the budget era and the drew era. So this is in the drew holiday era, right? Since he started with them in 2020, 21, the Bucks as a dog when Giannis plays, not in the playoffs, six and nine straight up and against the spread at just 40%. Their numbers overall as a dog are 33.5% overall. 
essentially the market knows how to cap them when they're a dog. Like the market accurately knows when to place them as underdogs. And this is definitely a spot where like, look, power rating is going to lean in their favor. Matchup, I have this as a little bit of a lean to the box. And usually if I have to decide between matchup and power rating, matchup's been a little bit more consistent in its success rate over the past two seasons. I'm going to bucket here. I'm going to, I'm going to go, no pun intended. I'm going to go against it. Um, because I like where the Celtics, I like the spot for the Celtics, regardless of the outcomes on Friday. Um, everybody's healthy. I'm going to like, I, I like Boston to get a bounce back win, especially like, look, Celtics defense has been better. Um, their problem is they haven't been able to score enough. The Bucks can't score. The Bucks offense is mediocre right now. It really is. I did that bet stream versus the Cavs. They had 14 first half turnovers. They're not in a good place offensively as a whole. And I think Boston, this is a get right spot for them. Even if they have to grind out a win. I might take the under in this one too. I was um, going to say, it sounds like we should be on the under. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that might be the play that's here. What that also, means to me. when the Bucks are dogs, when Giannis plays, eight, six, and one to the under. So we got a, about a fifty-eight percent hit rate on the under as well when Giannis is uh, playing, and they're a dog in the Drew Holiday era. So yeah, might play the under as well there. I like that. Uh, Joe, give me your first pick. All right, so we're looking at the Memphis Grizzlies minus four and a half against the Golden State Warriors. I know that the Grizzlies have been, both of these teams actually have really bad home road splits um, and the Warriors have been much better at home. But I think this absence of Steph Curry is just, you you can't understate it. And like, I don't think that this is a situation where we're looking at like a pick them with Curry. I, I don't know. This this seems like a the line feels short to me. Um, I think that Curry's value to this team is monumental. And I understand the way that we're looking at this in terms of the spread. But when we look at this in terms of the Golden State Warriors overall, they have five players that have positive point differentials on the season, and they're only the starters. And Jordan Poole, like as good as he is, and he can fill in that Steph Curry role as a scorer, you know, as best as he can, but it dramatically hurts this bench. And I think that that's really where the Grizzlies are going to be able to take significant advantage, especially because they're talking about Desmond Bain being able to play on Friday. So even if he's being played in just a very, very limited fashion, Bain is excellent. Bain is one of their floor stretchers. He's a consistent scorer. He's a consistent, um, he's a, he's a reliable floor and he can really stretch the floor for them. And that also means a little bit less dribbling from Dylan, Dylan Brooks. So we'll take that every time. And I think that him coming back, even though Brooks has been good this year, I think that that him coming back is going to be helpful for Memphis. And I, I like this spot. I think the line is just short. Um, I don't, I Curry's been playing at an MVP level. And I think that the only way that the Warriors are able to win is just by straight shooting variants because the Grizzlies tend to give up some threes, but without Curry, I think it's hard to depend and say like, well, we're going to back the Warriors to make a lot of threes. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. If I, if, if you disagree, I think you just should take the Warriors straight up um, and not I don't even think you bother with the points because I think it's going to come down to shooting variants. Um, but without Curry, I think that that really affects the Warriors offense and the Warriors depth. So that's why I like Memphis here at the minus four and a half. Okay. Do we think this line accounts for Bane playing or not? No. Going up. It's going up to five already. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, so if, if, if we, I think probably if Bane gets ruled, if the Bane plays tomorrow, this probably goes to what? Five, five, probably five and a half, maybe yeah, six. Yeah. I think it's moving towards six anyway. Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking at six, that sounds, that sounds about right for where, what Bane should be worth to the spread. Um, yeah. you've, you've actually flipped me. Uh, I'm on, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Warriors with you. You're playing the Grizzlies? Grizzlies. Sorry. Yeah. Grizzlies. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm flipping off the Warriors and taking the Grizzlies. I just looked this up. 
And so the home road splits, right? So awesome. Look how great the Warriors are at home. Yeah, they're minus 8.2 when Steph's not on the court at home. Yeah. So it's not like the bench is decent on, at home and then the starters are awesome and then the, the bench is awful on the road and the starters are not great. It's literally like at home, the starters are amazing. They're plus 17. The bench is awful, minus 8.2. Now, the same is true for like Wiggins and Curry and Kavon and Clay to a certain degree. Like when Clay's off the court at home, they're plus 4.4. That's not bad. But I, the only thing, the reason I was kind of on the, the Warriors originally is because of that home road split. The Grizzlies are six and nine straight up and three, 10 and two against the spread. Jay shaking his head. <laughs> no, I don't don't want the Grizzlies on the road. I'm sorry. Uh, I understand, and they have playoff revenge here. I could only look Grizzlies in this game, but they're they're they seem to be night and day on the road. They really feed off that home crowd energy. Uh, I don't I don't want the Grizzlies on the road. I mean, I to my 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 two cents on the whole thing is I I would have to stay away from the game altogether for me. Um, just what just because yeah, I don't want any part of Memphis on the road and. I want no part of this the Warriors period right now. I was I was I was at the Garden the other night watching them. Jordan Poole can't play forty eight, so right when he's no. not playing, I don't know who wants to. T- Forget about who can score. There's not many guys on the roster that even want to take shots. Ty Jerome's forcing up jumpers. Um, Wiseman looked good the other night, which was which was which was awesome to see uh, in Brooklyn. But yeah, it's just a really tough squad to back when Jordan Poole. And yeah, when and when he starts missing shots, he doesn't for whatever reason. Jordan Poole doesn't have like mediocre days. No, he scores forty five or he's one of nineteen for whatever reason. So yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a tough spot in, in that. I'd have to back Memphis if anyone, but it is tough prime time game in San Francisco. They if they're not going to get up for this one and, and get rolling, Jordan Poole should yeah. should be looking to have a bounce back game. He's been porous for the last few, so yeah, it's a tough spot. Yeah. So, like I said, I like I like the Grizzlies here. I think that we're seeing the line start to move, and I think that it's not totally accounting for Bain right now. And even in a limited capacity, I think it just helps their depth. So, which is really the the Warriors' biggest issue. So that's that's why I like Memphis a lot in this spot. I will say this last point: there's no one else in the league right now that likes a big time game in a prime time spot more than John. Oh yeah, he's going to try to go absolutely ballistic in this spot. This is what he loves: him, his pops, his whole family will be around, I'm sure, and he's going to yeah. try to show out. There's no doubt about that. Over three and a half turnovers, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Let's do Suns Nuggets next, because I'll make that my my first best bet. Um, and then Joe can come back at me, at me with the Nuggets. So I like the Suns here. Uh, the biggest reason is the Suns are a great team at turning opponents over. So this season, opponent turnover percentage, the Suns are sixth in opponent turnover percentage. If you turn the the Nuggets over, you get out in transition, and that's their biggest weakness. The Nuggets are a top-five half-court offense. They're a really surprisingly good half-court defense, and they're the best team in the league in transition, and that's why they jumped all over Memphis the other night. They got out and pushed in transition. They ran the ball down their throat, which is what Memphis usually tries to do. It'd be interesting to see that pace, by the way, in that Warriors game based off of that those kind of elements. One of, the, one of those teams is going to try and run constantly. Um, the Nuggets, I think, are a real contender. I think that they have the capacity to be way better than they've been, but the under-the-hood numbers are what they are. And outside of the last game where they played really well defensively and the Hornets game to a degree, although they're facing the Hornets, 
they've just been really bad defensively. So at some level, I have to kind of ask myself, which of these teams, like which of the two teams are the, are the nuggets and the nuggets have been a way more inefficient team. They've been a way more sloppy team. You got to wait for injury report on this. Obviously there's not going to be Chris Paul, which is the only reason this number is what it is. Um, I guess that is kind of a starting point here though, is like, what do you think Chris Paul has worked to the spread tack that on? And that gets you a, a different evaluation on where you think the, the, the value on the number is. Um, Denver's been good at home. They haven't been home much. And maybe that's part of what's skewed a lot of the ratings, right? Is they've been on the road a lot. All the teams in the league this season, especially like home courts out of whack in a lot of these cases. And it's really hard to kind of get a good solid number on these, on these figures. Um, but I look at this and I just go, the Suns are going to play intense defense. It's a primetime major matchup on Christmas. They're going to turn the ball over. The Nuggets defense won't be able to keep up with how smoothly the Suns execute DeAndre Aiden has given Jokic trouble in the past, especially even if Jokic gets his, Aiden can get his back on the other end. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll grab the points here with the Suns and take them on the money line as well, plus two and a half. Joe, why do you like the Nuggets? So even just looking back at the, over the past couple of years, Denver has really dominated this matchup um, straight up. Like they, Denver lost their last two, but they won three in a row prior to that. They had one loss and then they won five in a row before that. If you were going back a couple of years. So I, I I see Jay shaking his head over here, but I like nah, I like uh, Den- No, nah, I just want to say real quick, Joe. They have lost uh, six of the past seven to the Suns. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm looking at I'm looking at more regular season, some of the regular season stuff here. So that that's more of what I'm looking at because it's a regular season matchup, um, and I think that that matters, especially in terms of rotations, because teams do different things in the playoffs uh, well, than they do in the regular season. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you real quick. Um, just from the perspective of we can't really compare this team to where they were pre-Monty and we can't really compare it to where this team was Chris Paul. So really what we've got is we've got the performance from, from 2021 and last year. Um, And so I think it bends a little bit more towards the Suns in that regard, but go ahead, keep up with your cap. Yeah. So my thing is here with this matchup, uh, what I like here is we saw Denver. I think they get up for some of these games. Um, You know, they were dogs to, the Grizzlies just the other night, they get up there, they actually show up on defense. And I think the thing is with their offense, like the offense is always going to be there. The big thing for Denver is the focus. I think on defense, they don't, it's not like the players that they have are poor defensive players. Just overall, it's a lot of, it's about trying and wanting to be there on the defensive end. And I think during the regular season, it's tough to, when you can score at such a high clip, but in this type of matchup against the Suns. I like what they do because they can spread the floor. They can shoot more threes. And I think that this is a spot where the offense is really going to shine. And I think it's, I think, I just think it's tough for Phoenix to keep up with them on the offensive side of the ball, as good as Phoenix has been this season. And even though we know that Denver's defense has struggled, I think, like you said, their the half court numbers have been decent, uh, which is where the Suns really like to live. And you're going to get some point variance or shot variance in terms of what the Nuggets want to do. So I take the, I like the nuggets at home here. You're playing at some altitude, you're playing on a holiday. And I like this. I like them at home um, during this late game at the minus two and a half. So do I. So Jay, do you I. like them too? Yeah, I'm on them. I took Nuggets money line minus 136 in this one. So first off, um, I do like to go and look at the most previous games. I like to look at t- past 10 matchups as long as it's not preseason. So I still look at uh, playoffs. In 2021, the Suns swept this Nuggets team in the playoffs. That holds a lot of weight here um, because uh, the Nuggets are playing great basketball. And I really feel like they went out and got Bruce Brown and KC, uh, KCP as well for this particular matchup. They never hmm. really had anyone that could stop, hmm. that could stop Booker. That was their main problem right there. I mean, they 
had before they had Will Barton and Monte Morris. It's not going to get it done. KCP and Bruce Brown can somewhat at least try to contain Booker, which he may not even be 100% right now sitting out all these games from the growing. He's going to be out uh, on the Friday night game as well versus the Grizzlies. Um, but regards to that, I like the Nuggets in this one on the money line. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. should this should be this his second game back as well. Um, so they should be fully healthy, matching up well. Suns only five and nine straight up on the road um, and only one and three straight up as a dog as well. Um, so I'd like, like I said, I know Booker's playing at an MVP level, but Bruce Brown and KCP can somewhat stifle him. And the last thing I'll say, the Suns are somewhat disconnected right now. I'm sure you guys have seen the video on um, on Twitter from them fighting and stuff the last game. So uh, for the next game, they might be able to come back. But when they head out on the road, uh, something's telling me that this Suns team is disconnected and you might be seeing some major changes come on in the offseason here. Give me the nuggets on the money line here. And I also like the minus two and a half as well. Let me ask you a question really quick. Mm -hmm. When do you when do you look at taking the money line versus laying the two, two and a half? Or when you get that short number, is yeah. there a is there a cutoff you have where it's like, I I'll give up, I'd rather give up the the 36 cents before I give up the two points. Yeah, so in this one, when it, the fact that it was two and a half, if it's two, I'll probably go ahead and lay the two. But at that my, at, at the minus one thirty six, I just felt like I'd rather lay the lay that um that because all everything is minus one ten, right? So you're laying an extra twenty six cents um to avoid it could be a close game, obviously with these two. So I just rather just uh, wanted to get the win, but I do still like the two and a half. Okay. That's always just a really valuable question I always ask, like you know, different different gamblers I talk to because everybody has a different mantra on it on land the price mm -hmm. versus the number. And I think it's valuable for the listeners to just get different perspectives on that. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I, I've been on, I've been playing a lot of dogs on the money line. I think for the favorite, um, one of the issues I have free throws are where I have the issue. I think that's honestly where, where it gets to is, you know, most times you feel like you can trust them. Now, if they miss them, it's going to be a bad beat. But with as often as we bet, you're going to run into a situation where most teams will foul until four. That's the where I've kind of noticed there's a lot of teams that are letting it go at four. Um, if it's inside four, they'll contest it to the to the bitter end. But if it's four and there's three seconds left, they'll let it go. Yeah. Um, or even like there's been mm -hmm. some that are like 11. If you can break the press, they'll let it go and they won't foul. So I think there's there it's I think the security it provides you is probably valuable. I think it's more a matter of how often you bet. If you're betting across like this as often as we are, it's probably valuable to go ahead and lay the points under four. And then you get into a, a question of like, do you really want to like, do you, do you want to be laying as much as you're going to have to lay when it's four or more? Like that's kind of the question on the juice. And most people are going to say, no, I think I've tried to get into a place where I am, I am trying very hard to find spots where that price is appropriate for me. If I can find like yeah. something under minus 200, if it's minus 180, because sometimes you're paying these prices on props anyway. Like you're paying minus yeah. 150, yeah. minus 140, minus 160 sometimes on some of these props. And so it's like, well, if you're going to be laying it on a prop, objectively, if your assessment on this game, you know, and the variables are, are relatively even, supposedly, theoretically, then there probably should be some value. But I think it's a good question to ask. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got one more I want to go through and then because we've touched on everything except uh, Nick's Sixers. Um, I'm going over 219 and a half and the trend has been toward the under here in the early games on Christmas and I get that. But this is a, a total below 220. Uh, the Knicks at home this season are the over on their Delta points scored this season is uh, they're nine and seven to the over. So what basically what this says is their projected team total, they've gone over at nine out of the 16. The Sixers, when the total is 
at this level of uh, two, uh, 218 or greater, they're scoring team total. Their team total record is nine and three. So we have two teams that basically should basically be going over their team total based on the spot. Um, I think that the Knicks offense may be a little bit more honestly replicable than the defense. And if this gets one way or the other, if this is, if this swings in a blowout, it's because I think one one team put up such a huge number on the other that it winds up getting out of control. Um, I have a hard time seeing this being, and I, look, it's no, I'll take that back. I could see it being like 96, 90. I could see this us having a good old fashioned 90s type grind out game. But I think that there's a, a pretty high capacity with as many shooters as the Sixers bring to the table with Embiid, et cetera, and the way that the Knicks play. I kind of like the over 219 and a half. Does anybody have like a strong case? to go against me here. The only thing that I don't like, man, the Sixers uh seven straight home games and then going to a new arena. So they got they got hot, got in there, got into a groove at home. First game on the road in theory they're not supposed to shoot uh as well in theory. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point too, plus the early start. We'll see. Yeah, they we'll they lost three in a row on the road, then went home, cooked up, and then now they got to go to the Garden early start. That's an interesting point. Yeah. It's a tough matchup. Up. I I do, I do lean a little bit honestly towards uh the Knicks here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think I lean a little I can't believe I'm saying that on Christmas. So that's that's crazy. Um that I'm I'm leaning a little bit, bit towards the Sixers here on the spread. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for the Christmas edition of Buckets Best Bets. Hope you guys have yourselves a safe, healthy, and happy holidays. Enjoy it. We'll be back with you next week with coverage of the NBA Daily. Make sure to download the Action Network app. Follow all these guys in there. Follow them on Twitter. Joe's at Joe Delera. Jay's at J Money is Money. Sean's at Chicago Flow. I'm at HB Basketball. Have yourselves a very Merry Christmas if you celebrate. And no matter what you do on the holiday, let's get buckets. Merry Christmas, baby. Shoot it, treatment night. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.